0: Welcome to the Tolls on the Online podcast. I'll be your host, Gio Grassi. And before we get into our very first episode here, let me introduce myself. So, I started coaching in 2010 at the Parisi Speed School in Fairlone, New Jersey, uh, for about five years. And then in 2015, I was a graduate assistant at Fairleigh Dickinson University in Teaneck, New Jersey. Uh, shortly after there, in 2017, I was a paid intern with the New York Giants. And a year later, in 2018, uh, I was an assistant strength coach with Fordham University in the Bronx, uh, where I currently still coach. So with this podcast, I'm really just looking to bring a wealth of knowledge to you folks, uh, all the way from strength and conditioning stuff, networking stuff, uh, financial information that I believe can help everybody. Um, and I'm you know, really looking to bring guests on this show, uh, from coaches to people you may not know or may not have heard of before, but that have some type of knowledge and education that can help us all in growth. Um, so why Toes on the Line? Well... You line them up, you get ready to go, you're locked in, you're loaded, and the focus is at an all-time high. That attention to detail is always going to be there, baby. So that's what I'm going to do. So let's get into our first guest today. Rodney Hill, he's been a really good friend of mine since 2017. We were at the New York Giants together, but Rod's been all up and down the East Coast, man. You talk about it, Kutztown, uh, Penn State, Mercer, Howard, UCF, the New York Giants, and most recently with the Detroit Lions. So, you know, Rodney's got a wealth of experience from, you know, small budget schools, large budget schools, infinite budget programs like the pros, man, you name it. And Rod's going to be talking to us a lot about networking, how he does it, how he's done it to help him get to where he's at at this point in his career. Because Rodney's younger than I am, but he's pretty successful um, in a sense of getting to where he wanted to go um, with the people he's met in his career. Um, And keeping those connections and whatnot. So the power of networking is what we're going to call it. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the Toes on the Line podcast. This is the very first episode. My name is Gio Grassi, and I'm here with my man, the one and only Rodney Hill. Rodney, thanks for coming on. And uh, Rod's going to talk to us a lot about the power of networking and uh, basically how the grind don't stop. Rod, what's up, man?
1: Uh, Not much, man. I appreciate you having me on. You know, uh, it's a big thing you're doing, and I'm happy that, you know, I'm honored that you're even considered me to be the uh, the inaugural guest.
0: My dog, man. <laughs> Already play ball. You know, Rod, it's just for you guys, yeah, the playboy, just for you guys who don't know Rod Hill, and I'm pretty sure there's uh, probably a handful of people that don't know you in the industry, man. Man. Rodney's got the plugs, he's got the connects, no, he knows everybody coast to coast, I'm telling you, man.
1: Uh man, I'm just uh I've been as we talk about my career, I've been, you know, this is going on year eight for me. I've been eight different places. I've moved every single year that I've been in this. So uh I mean it's it's been a blessing because you know, every place that you go, you get to meet more people and your network grows exponentially because of that. But at the same time it you know, it makes a wear and tear on not only me, but my family, my girlfriend who has been a real, real, real big help throughout the this entire process and I wouldn't even be where I am without her and without the support system that I have. But yeah, it's, you know, you you go to these places, you do a good job and you hope that one day down the line when... You know, people are in positions to where they can hire you or bring you on to their staff that they'll remember you for the work that you did and the person that you were.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, talk to us a little bit now. Where you been, man? I know we've been together in uh, 2017, but, uh, you know, talk to everybody through your uh, your coaching past. Where you been, man?
1: Oh, we all right. So after I graduated college in 2013 from Howard University, I left Howard and a job as an assistant defensive line coach kind of fell into my lap. Well, really all of these jobs, it's all who you know and they all just kind of fall into your lap. But at Kutztown University, a Division II school right up the road from where my parents lived. From there, I left and actually got into strength and conditioning because originally I wanted to go to PT school and things didn't work out the way I had originally planned. So strength and conditioning it was. and 2014 i went up to penn state university interned there for coach galt and coach franklin and those guys 2015 i went to mercer university i was a graduate assistant there until 2016 where i left and went back to my alma mater howard university and was the director of strength and conditioning there until 2017. 2017 I left Howard and went up to the New York Giants, which is where I met you, and was the seasonal intern for them for the season. 2018, I left there and went to University of Central Florida, UCF. Uh, this wasn't the the national championship year. This was the year after where we played LSU in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, 2019, this past year, I was the Assistant strength and performance coach for the Detroit Lions.
0: And that's dope, man, because you got a mix of everything, man. Big college schools, um, you know, small college schools, pros, I mean, you name it, man. Rod, Rod's been everywhere. So, Rod, talk to us a little bit, man. Like, what what are some of, like, the skills you acquired um, from places like Kutztown to Penn State, you know, Mercer, Howard, Giants, UCF, all those places, man. Cause you, you talk about like big budget schools, infinite budget programs like the NFL and then like the small budget um, schools like Howard or whatnot, like what skills did you learn?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing you learn is how to build relationships and that not only starts with the athletes because you have to build relationships with the athletes in order to get them to buy in, but you still have to get the coaches to buy in. You have to get administration to buy in as well to what you're doing because these are all people that you want on your side, you know. Uh, i think that building those relationships will help not only get you what you want but it'll also help with you know making sure that These coaches, like I said, are on your side because they have to see where you're coming from. You know, you gotta be able to work well with people. You know, like I said, not only the coaches, but Mm -hmm. the administration, you know, you're working for administration and to a certain extent, you're working for the sport coach because you've got to be able to give them the product that they want. You're working with them, but you know, you have to help no matter if it's a football coach or a volleyball coach, you know, you're helping them build their program within their vision. You know, and if you're working at a school like Howard or any smaller school, Mercer, you know, what the football coach sees versus what the volleyball coach sees, you know, their vision of their program may be two different things. And, you know, you're going to have to train those athletes different ways and it may go against what you believe in, but you've got to be able to have a good enough relationship to be able to go to the coach and be like, hey, this is why I think we should do this. And you know, if you've built up a good enough relationship, he'll at least listen. I'm not saying that or she'll at least listen and I'm not saying that they will necessarily say oh you know what that's fine we can do what you want but at least you know that you have a seat at their table and you've got a voice at their table and that's what's most important um aside from that you just kind of learn how to you know do more with less at some of these schools you know what I'm saying you want to make you want to you want to make solutions and not dwell on the problems you know I've heard plenty of bosses say don't bring me problems bring me solutions And that's something that I've tried to adapt in my everyday life. And especially when you're dealing with, you know, places with smaller budgets, you know, it's easy to be like, well, at Penn State or at, you know, the Lions, we had this and we had that. And I can't do this or I can't do that. No, find a way. Don't find an excuse. You know, you don't want to dwell on thing. otherwise you're doing the athletes a disservice you took this job and it's up to you to make these athletes better by any means necessary by whatever resources that you have whatever you can do to help elevate the environment that you're in for not only you but all the other people that I spoke about building relationships with and making sure that you know you leave it better than when you found it and another thing that I would say is making sure that you are invested in the place that you're at make sure that you know, you're know you not thinking about the next job otherwise you're not going to get that next job and you're not going to be able to do your best because ultimately you doing your best and being proven and doing what's necessary to help one build resilient athletes and make them better for their respected sports and the demands that are going to be placed on them within those sports but two helping you know with the coach build their culture which can ultimately help to win I'm not saying that we are the cause of winning because most people out there will tell you, you know, it's not us, we're a small cog in the wheel. But if you can help with what that coach is doing to create those wins, you know, then people will start coming to look at you. But you can't do all of that until you're focused on where you're at, not where you're trying to go. You know, you want to keep that vision in the back of your head, but you need to turn every place that you're at into your dream job. And I know that's cliche and it's an old adage that everybody hears, but I mean, I think it's necessary to make sure that you realize how important where you are is to where you're going because without that experience then you're never going to be ready for where you're trying to go
0: but now rod man it sounds great man so i mean you're younger than me you're younger than most coaches who you know kind of get to that high level in the nfl so talk to us a little bit man what were some things you did at a young age people you reached out to and like what were some things you said or um you know, I guess some uh, some things that sparked the interest that you wanted to be in the NFL?
1: Um, so I've always had, I played college football. I played football growing up. I've always had a love for football, you know, and just like everybody else who plays football at one point in their life, you know, they have a dream of making it, to the NFL right now that obviously, you know, reality sets in from a physical standpoint, like, you know, I'm obviously not going to be able to play in the NFL. And when you get there, you look at those guys playing and you're like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Why I'm not playing here. Why I'm not here physically, you know? (laughs) uh, I mean, I still wanted to make it in some way, somehow. And, you know, it just took a lot of, A lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of grinding, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of of networking, you know, which, I mean, networking, who you know will get you there, but what you know will keep you there, right? It's important to know the people to get in these positions and to get these jobs, which is something I didn't touch on earlier, but you want to make sure that you're well-rounded, that you know everybody and that you're not just getting these jobs just off of a hookup because if somebody does hook you up, you want to make it look like you're qualified, okay? Otherwise, you're going to make yourself look bad and you're going to make everybody else look bad too so I mean these hookups come with preparation there's a certain level of expectation no matter what level you're at or no matter where you're going so it's up to you to make sure that you're ready you're prepared that you're qualified and to a certain extent You know, you don't want these jobs to come too early. Otherwise, you're not going to be qualified. You're not going to be ready for that. And then that's when, you know, bad things start to happen. And it just looks bad for you when then everybody's talking about you in the industry. But Oh, he wasn't good. He was that. You know, you just weren't prepared. You weren't ready yet. You hadn't seen enough things. You hadn't experienced enough to get you ready for this job, you know, and, uh, back to your original point I think I've just been lucky man by the grace of God I've been I've been blessed by God to you know meet people and yeah I've done a lot of reaching out to people and sending sending blind emails reaching out trying to connect via social media to people and you know getting people on the phone talking to them and as much as you try to talk strength and conditioning with people I mean at at first coming up you know, as an intern and stuff like that, you're going to ask those questions, you know, what's your philosophy? What do you believe in? What books have you read? What books do you recommend? You know, things like that. But as you get older in the industry, and you start to get more years, and people start to know you a little more, I I stray away from that with people nowadays, man. And I'm, again, it's about building relationships. And I try to get to know people. And you know, those strength and conditioning topics will come up here and there. But You know, you want to get to know people because if they're going to hire you or you're going to hire them, obviously you've got to have a knowledge base, but you're going to have to be somebody that they're going to want to be around for... You know, 12, 13 hours a day. They're going to be around you longer than they're going to be around their family. So, can they tolerate you? Can they? Do they want you to come to work and deal with you every day and see you every day? Obviously, you're going to have you know your mix-ups and people are going to not see eye to eye from time to time. But are you somebody that they're going to be able to get over that with? And when it's all said and done, you know, uh, be able to go out and maybe have some libations with after after uh, after the day is over after a long week and be able to kind of reflect and. you know grow together and I think that's important as well does that answer your question
0: yeah no it kind of does not and and that kind of leads me to my next thing like what's your networking model because from what I remember when we were on the Giants together in 2017 uh, you kind of looked ahead so this was back I think in like May at the time or just when the OTA period finished and you would write down every strength coach for the teams they played that year Um, and I thought that was fucking genius because that's something I wouldn't fucking think to do Um, and I, I if I remember clearly, I think you reached out and met most of those guys. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Uh, that's actually, yeah. One thing I did, we had the, uh, we had the database with all the email addresses for all of the strength coaches. And I did in fact, you know, look ahead, access those emails and, you know, some of them were old, some of them were new, but you kind of figure out the format of what the email looked like. And you know, you you put in that new person's email, which you think it would be, and you reach out, and because you're with another NFL team, they're like, yeah, sure, you know, cool, we can meet. And I'd say, you know, I'd love to meet you before or after the game, and, you know, at least say hello, and, you know, build this connection, and build this relationship. And, you know, all of the coaches, for the most part, were receptive, whether it was just, you know, hey, what's up, good to meet you, and they kept moving, or, you know, we had, a good relationship and we, you know, we were able to talk. There were some coaches that I met, like I met Coach Nash, who was my boss with the Lions for the first time when I was with the Giants. But, you know, he knew people on staff and he knew people that I had known already. So, you know, that kind of helped us build that relationship more because there were other people that were able to vouch for me and say, yeah, he's a good guy, as opposed to me just blindly emailing somebody that I've never met before and I don't have any connection to and I don't know anybody that knows them. But, I mean, for the most part, I'd say that helped out a lot. That worked out great. And those were connections that I still keep to this day. And, you know, even whether, whether a guy's in the league or not, like keeping in touch with people, Is a big deal. You want to continue to reach out to these people and make sure that, you know, you stay on their minds. You don't want to, you know, oh, he just got fired. So I'm not going to reach out to him anymore. Okay. Okay. (laughs) They're going to remember that they're going to remember that because you don't, you don't go ahead and don't reach out to them while they're, you know, while they're at their lowest first off, because that's, if you're a friend and you're somebody who's really trying to build a real relationship with somebody and it's not fake, you should care about them and you should be checking in on them anyways, you know, forget the job titles and you know, I need this and that. If this is somebody you've built a real relationship with and somebody that, you know, you actually care about, then you're going to show them that you care about them and make sure that, you know you are just checking on them seeing how they're doing you know and it doesn't have to be super long conversations like hey how you doing how's your family like you know like it doesn't have to be you know you're talking for 45 minutes it could just be a text hey hope you're doing well Hope your family's well hope things work out for you if there's anything i can do let me know and they'll just be like hey thanks that means a lot they're gonna remember that you know people remember who was there for them when they were at their worst right everybody wants to be around people when they're at their best, you know, everybody's chasing the logo like, Oh, look, look, he's at this place. He's at that place. Let me try and be, be his friend. You know, then all of a sudden, you know, they are somewhere else. They're at a smaller school, right? They get fired. They go to a smaller school and people aren't hitting them up anymore. Then all of a sudden you see them at a big school. They've got that logo. It's about the logo to most of these people, not about the person and the relationship. And then they pop up at that big place again. Then all of a sudden they're hearing from these people again, like, Oh, Hey, congrats. How's it going? You know, that's fake. And you don't want to be that you don't want to be fake. Like you don't have to know everybody and keep in touch with every, everybody out there, but the people that you do decide to reach out to and the people that you do decide to me and build those networks and those connections with you better keep in touch. Even if they're not texting you, you continue to text them and show them that you care and that you, you know, you are interested in who they are. Then those connections can grow, but you know, don't be fake about it. If you're not going to keep in touch and you're not going to try and really build a relationship, then don't bother because it's about real relationships and people feeling comfortable with you.
0: I hear that, man. So, how do you go about, you know, if you're introducing yourself to someone you've never met before, uh, never spoken to before, uh, people in your network don't know anyone in his network, like, how would you go about doing that? Because I feel like you are, like, the most social guy I've ever known when it comes to just meeting people. Because, look, when we went to the combine those couple years, man, you were just mixing it in with everyone, you know? And I was like, man, fuck a Rod knows how to talk to people, man. He's a people's guy. I
1: mean, it depends on some people would say I am. Some people would say I'm not. You ask my girlfriend. She'd be like, ah, she would laugh at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think that, <clears throat> one, it just, again, it's building those relationships with a good chunk of these people. And a lot of those people that we see at the combine are people that I've met before, people that I've reached out to, you know, and you want to. Like if I'm, if I'm writing an email, it's not going to be a carbon copy, email, it's not going to be something that, you know, I've just copied and pasted and put on to another email and just replaced the name because that gets old. Like you can tell, you can read an email, be like you dude, you just copied and pasted this, you sent this out to a hundred people, right? You better include something personal in there that lets them know that you're talking specifically to them, you know? because that's what's important those are the things that they're going to remember because these coaches especially if you're trying to reach out to a, a head college a head strength coach at a power 5 institution or an NFL coach they're going to remember they I mean they're going to they're, they're not going to remember because they get so many letters and so many emails from all these different people all the time you know so You want to make sure that when you see them, you just acknowledge that. Hey, you know, I wrote you a letter. I wrote you an email, excuse me, back in the day. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, how's it going? And then you just say, good, you know, how's everything going? You know, a lot of these people, like if you read their bios, Got their kids at the bottom, they've got their families, ask them how those people are doing. Things like that go a long way. And you just keep in touch and just say, hey, you know, I, you just build those conversations, be genuinely happy for people when they're doing well, genuinely happy to see people. People are out. I mean, yes, to a certain extent, networking is for personal gain. You know, you want to be able to do things for yourself. You want to be able to come back and help you out in a certain way at a certain time. But at the end of the day, you have to be happy for people. And when you see people be genuinely excited for them and to see them and, you know, give them those emotions, you know, I'm not saying like, Oh my God, Hey, how's it going? But, you know, just show them that, You know you care about them and it's not only about you you know and just remember some of the conversations that you've had with people and if you're keeping in touch with people you know you should be able to build on those conversations you should be able to build on you know those pillars that you've set and be able to progress through those definitely
0: hear that man um and that's something i've learned over the years man just you know trying to ask people how they're doing the biggest thing i had early in my career was it was always ask for favor ask for favor and i kind of started breaking away from that trend because i felt like well if i'm only asking you for favors then i'm useless to you in a sense that you're not going to reach back out to me for anything um and i feel like a lot of people get you know, stuck in that now how did you break out of that cycle? Or was that just like a something that you learned or just that's the person you are? You're like, hey, I'm riding hill. I don't ask for many favors. I'm just checking in to see what's up with you, man.
1: That's the big thing is yeah, just you don't don't ask for favors. Don't check, don't check in. Every time you hit somebody up, I mean you imagine if somebody every time they hit you up was asking for something. How annoying would that get? Yeah. You know, yeah. like you would every time somebody hits you up, you'd be like this dude only hits me up when they want something or there's people that you never talk to them when they hit you up like oh hey how's it going you automatically know you know off the rip what do you want skip the small I'm, that's me at least skip the small talk get to what you yeah. want right <laughs> like i'm good what's up you know like that's usually if it's somebody I I don't really talk to and i know they want something they're like hey how's it going i'm like i'm good what's up And they're like nothing you know how's everything going i'm like i'm everything is good what do you need you know what i'm saying like get to the point but mm-hmm. If you're constantly keeping in contact with people, again, this is why, I mean, you know, networks can only be so big to a certain extent because it's hard. You're not going to be able to keep in contact and keep in touch with every single person you've ever met. But you hope at the end of the day that, you know, if the opportunity comes up and they happen to be somewhere that you're at or that you're trying to be, you know, if you've lost a job and trying to get rehired, that they can be like, oh, yeah, I was with Gio at... You know, I was at, with Gio at Fordham, and he did a phenomenal job at Fordham. The athletes loved him. The coaches loved him. You know, his boss loved him. You know, if you're going to be an assistant, you know, he did everything that they asked. He was loyal, you know, and those are the types of things that you want people to say about you, whether, you know, you're keeping in touch or not. But, yeah, you, you got to make sure that you're keeping in touch with people and asking them things about themselves, even if it's just a check-in, like, hey, coach, just checking in, hope all is well, you know, and then you keep it moving from there because mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't have time to sit down, especially if it's somebody you don't know super, super well, they're not going to sit down and be like, oh, hey, my family's good. You never met their family. You know what I mean? Like, hey, just hope yeah. you and the family's yeah. well. They're going to be like, hey, thanks. I hope the same for you.
0: No, I got that. Yeah, definitely. Because then it kind of gets creepy and shit. Hey, good right? <laughs> hey, man. Let me ask you something because, you know, you've been in the game for a long time and I know many coaches have as well. Like how do you rekindle some of those uh, relationships that, you know, say you and I haven't spoken in three or four years and it's like, ah, you know, let me reach out to uh, Geo again. Um, you know, I, I guess, like, how, how would you touch base with someone that you've lost a lot of time and connection with?
1: Um, so, first and foremost, I think that's you're just as good at building relationships as I am, bro. Like you, you know how to talk to people and you do a good job as well. So don't discredit yourself. This is for the listeners. I'm I'm saying, I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying, like you definitely, I'm saying you got, you got stuff. You, you, you got, you got the juice, whatever that juice is, you got it, man. But uh, again, I can't stress enough about, you know, the networking is only part of it. You better know what you're doing, who you know will get you there. But what you know will keep you there, right? So when you get there, you better work your ass off. You better be knowledgeable about whatever your whatever your expertise is supposed to be, right? So like we can talk about networking and all of that stuff, but at the end of the day, you're gonna make a lot of people look bad, including yourself, if you don't possess the necessary skill set to complete whatever task it is that you your tasks that it is that you need to complete. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, uh, in order to, you know, just reach out to them, just talk to them, just see how things are going. Hey, it's been a while, man. You know, hopefully you haven't forgotten who I am. Hopefully, you know, i, I see you being big time now. Hopefully things are going well for you. It seems like things are going well for you. Hopefully you you haven't forgotten about the little people, you know, and people usually laugh about things like that. And, you know, don't, don't get into, too much career and things like that If there's things that you remember about them things that you remember talking to them about bring those things back up again you've built these pillars so now you want to continue to build those pillars and continue to move on and ask them about you know how their family's doing ask them about things in their personal life show them that you care about them because you should care about them don't be fake about it like you have to build real relationships that's you know that's what it is real relationships
0: so you taught me this a while ago, a long time ago, I want to say, the power of writing a letter. And I feel like nobody does that no more because it's so easy to pick up a phone, shoot the text, the email, whatever you want to call it, um, Twitter, Instagram, you know, drop it in the DM and just having conversations that way. Um, and, that, and that's real valuable. I found the power of the letter returning more back into my network. Um, what yeah, you know, other so- methods of uh, networking? do you find work for you best?
1: So, I mean, I really try not to, yeah. So writing the letters to answer your initial question, yeah, writing letters, that's, I mean, if you can't find somebody's email address, write them a letter, make it personalized. You better have some stuff in there that they know. People are gonna remember, especially like you said, with the digital age and the way that things are going now, people are gonna remember somebody wrote them a physical letter as opposed to writing them an email you know, that's something that sticks out to somebody. So yeah, I did a lot of writing letters to people and, you know, reaching out, some people reached out, some people didn't, some people reached back, you know, I'd be like, you can contact me via email if that's easier. So we don't have to be pen pals, you know, (laughs) and that's, uh, made things a little, you know, it makes them a little easier to reach back if they want to some people reach back. Some people don't, but you know, Just like coaching, you know, they're just like anything where you're doing, where you're trying to impact lives, you know, not everybody, you're not going to impact every single person's life, but as long as you can impact one, then you've done something right. And as long as one person, this is a weird way to equate that. I apologize. The people out there are like, the hell is this guy talking about? But as long as you can get one person to write you back, you know, that's good, you know, So, yeah, I think that's, that's the big thing. But again, just making sure that, you know, you're knowledgeable when you talk to them, you don't sound like an idiot, you know, how to keep a conversation going. And I'm saying, I try to do more listening than I do talking, you know, I try to ask them questions, let them talk and then build, you know, the conversation off of what they have to say. You know, I'm not here to tell you about what I do. I want to hear about what you do. Plus, I mean, we all know that strength and condition is a bunch of you know everybody taking everybody's ideas. Nobody's really reinventing the wheel these days. So you want to be able to you know it, it, they'll they'll provide you with insight into what they do, and maybe it's something that you can use for what you do as well. So you know you're learning from them, and you're trying to build that relationship, and hopefully it's something where you know, you're able to keep in contact with these guys. And then another, you know, using your network to answer that question again, this is more talking than I usually do. Like I said, I'm a listener, not a talker, but using my network, you know, it's, it's you know, you try to be in the loop. You already know I try to be in the loop with everything that I Yo's can possibly in the loop. I feel in the like loop. every
0: time I talk to you, you're in the loop, man.
1: I just I try to be. You
0: know everything before it gets published on the you are the Adam Schefter of fucking strength and conditioning. Nah, you know who
1: the Adam Schefter <laughs> of Aaron, of uh Strength and Conditioning is? It's Coach Who's Wellman. That? Aaron Wellman is the Adam uh, Schefter. Yeah, you think oh so? my god, bro. He was telling me stuff two weeks before it was happening. But the Giants I had all the scoop because he knew everything. You know what
0: you're right because he did tell us that one uh university and I'm not gonna say it, but that one school that was gonna have a job open in three months. I think it was what was it back in like uh April he told us and the position opened up in August. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, it did. It did. He he's calling it bro. He's well connected. But yeah, you know, you just try to be in the loop with everything because you never know. Even if it doesn't benefit you, it can benefit somebody that you know. Again, wanting to see the people in your circle, not maybe not even in your circle, but just to see people succeed, you know, being genuinely happy for people and having those real relationships with people. So, but yeah, staying in the loop and making sure that you know what's going on, because if you get fired, you know, you want to know what's going on. So even if you don't know somebody within that circle, that's hiring, you can be like, Hey, do you know this person? Hey, do you know this person? Can you make that call on my behalf? And you know, I've, I've had to do that a few times where it's like, all right, what's going on over here? Do I know anybody that I know that knows these people? Yes, somebody I've worked with directly knows these people. Let me make sure. Let me see if I can get a call because I know this person will vouch for me because I did good work for them. So hey, can you call these people and vouch for me? Hey, if you, in case you didn't know, I got let go. Would you be able to do this for me? Right? And you know, they're happy to do it one because you did a good job when you were around them, and two because you're not constantly calling and asking for favors, so they know that this is something that you really need, especially if you're down on your luck and you don't have a job. You know, the people that want to see you succeed will be more than happy to, you know, call in a favor for you if that's what it comes to. But conversely, you better be willing and able and ready to do that when it comes time for you to have to do that. If you're fortunate enough to be in a position to help somebody, because that's what it says. We want to lift as we climb and we want to be able to help you know, the like-minded individuals that we've come across throughout our journey. And, you know, we're all trying to persevere and get to the same goal through our endeavors. I hear that, man. That's good shit. No, it's all good, man. I mean, you tell me a little, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, what you've done to network and, how you've how you've gone about meeting people because i mean i tell you you we all know you can talk to people but you could sell used cars if you really wanted to like if this didn't work out you could <laughs> you could go out and make bank off of used cars man you definitely got the gift that, i'm not saying i got the gift of gab i got the gift of building relationships you got the gift <laughs> of gab bro I,
0: I i'll be honest i got no clue um and I'm always trying to think back because everyone always asks me, oh, uh, what did you do to get on with the Giants that year? And I'm like, dude, I'll be honest, I don't fucking know. All I remember is I got a call from Aaron Woman one day, um, asked me to interview for the position, and I was like, all right. Uh, but I don't, remember, I don't remember applying for it, sending resumes. I remember I talked to uh, Marcus and Jerry Palmieri the year prior, some of that kind of helped me get a leg in but like you said I, I guess that was it you know the power of networking just knowing people and building those relationships um because that's kind of helped me uh get to where i'm at now at fordham um you know I, I remember i met the staff applied for a job back in like august didn't get it then uh was at a conference in january one day and then um one of the assistant strength coaches called me to hire me Um, because their head left and they needed to fill a position. I kind of kept that relationship alive, even though I didn't get the job. Um, so I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, you didn't hire me. Fuck you, man. You know, no, 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 you didn't hire me. Cool. Tell me what I need to improve on for the next time. Um, and let's stay in touch. That way, you know, you've interviewed with them. You spoke with them. They can tell you, you know, um, areas of improvement that you need to work on or, hey, you got everything. It's just, you know, someone had a prior relationship to the guy that we had to hire. So um i guess i want to lead into this right here man when is it safe to burn bridges
1: so i mean like you said i'm i'm not one who just tries to burn bridges again because you never know you never know what can happen you know but i mean sometimes people need to do what's what they feel is best for them is best for their family. And sometimes they do things and make decisions that, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy. It's impossible to please everybody. So sometimes there's going to be people that you've come in contact with and, you know, you had to make a decision that was best for you and your family and, you know you you pissed off the wrong people or the right people, and you know it happens. you know it's just how it goes. Not everybody's got good things to say about everybody that they've come in contact with, and that's just kind of part of it. That's just kind of how it goes, and it just is what it is.
0: I hear that, man. Hey rock, man. Drop some names, man. People you met along the way who helped you get to where you're at now.
1: All right. I mean, I've got, I've got one coach who I'm not going to drop his name. He just, he just got another job somewhere that we both know. Um, But when I was, when I interviewed, yeah, he's doing real well for himself. When I interviewed for a position, right. When I interviewed, actually when I interviewed for a position with the Giants, right. Funny story. I didn't know, right, that the camera was on. So we're Skyping, right? We're, we're, we're Skyping for the interview. So my screen, my screen looks like this, right? My screen is black like that. So I'm thinking I can't see them, so they can't see me, right? <laughs> I heard this story. So then. they're interviewing me and they're talking and, you know, as they're talking, I'm answering questions and things like that. I didn't know they could see me, which, you know, you learn a lesson the hard way. They weren't going to go with me. But this, this coach that I'm shouting out right now, was like, nah, this is your guy, I promise you. And he stood on the table for me. And, I mean, everything worked out how it was supposed to. But had he not done that, and had he not, you know, even tried to hook me up, then who knows if I'd even be where I am today without that. But, you know, little things like that go a long way, and I'm extremely grateful for that and extremely grateful for him. Uh, Coach Brian Johnson out at the University of Arizona, uh, you know, without his mentorship and – his help along the way. Again, I wouldn't be where I'm at. He's a dude that I can always call. I can always bounce ideas off of. We're always talking shot, bouncing ideas off of each other. He's one of the smartest strength coaches in the game. And, you know, he's doing a phenomenal job out at the University of Arizona. And it's just a matter of time before everything that he wants becomes his. Um, Coach Ian Jones, who's been my guy, from the beginning you know he's the fir- the first internship I ever got the first internship I ever had at the un- at Penn State University you know I was supposed to go to football but they stuck me on the Olympic side first and they put me with Ian and little did I know that Ian would become one of my best friends to this day you know he's he's probably only a year older than me but you know I still kind of look to him as you know as a mentor and as a good dude he helped me out a lot fun fact funny story again another funny story when i first got to penn state i was heavy you know i was like 290 at the time right so not doing a whole lot of uh not doing a whole lot of condition a lot of strength not a lot of conditioning right and ian's like yeah you know he's working with rugby and those sports and he's like yeah we're gonna go to rugby practice it's across campus so we're gonna run right so i'm like "Ah, it should be good right so we ran there, and naturally, I slowed his pace down drastically. He probably would have made it there quickly, right? And we get there, and I'm like killed over. He's talking to the rugby coach. I'm the new intern, I'm killed over. The rugby coach just turns, looks at me. I remember this vividly. He's talking, he's not even out of breath. I'm killed over hands on knees, maybe elbows on knees at this point. And the rugby coach just kind of looks at me like through the side eye like, just handed me the bottle of water <laughs> just <laughs> Oh shit, bro! I just took. It. I was like, Ugh. and I tell you what, I, I didn't recover until about the end of practice. And at the end of practice, it was time to run back, bro. That fucking blows, that, man. Oh man, it was rough. But I mean, I got myself in shape, and I worked really hard. And you know, everybody I've met along the way: Coach Gall at Penn State, Coach Barry Gant, uh, Chuck Losey, every coach at Penn State, Greg Muskinis, all of them. I helped out all of them. I was up early, helping out the Olympic side, then going to do football. And then when I could, going back over to the Olympic side, Jeffries, Chuck, Al, you know, Little Deej. I'm sorry, you know, there there were so many of them that it's hard to name. Coach Mangle, Coach Carl Miller, those are guys that I still keep in touch with to this day that were at Mercer when I was there. That was really instrumental in my growth and helping me teach the Olympic lifts and, you know, the program that they ran and helping me get to Howard and running the next program. Again, Coach Wellman being able to be around his system, the system that he ran, Coach Paul, Coach Joe Daniels—you know—they all. You learn every, you learn things from everybody along the way, you know. Uh, where else, Coach Kurt Schmidt? You know his system—it was also awesome and taught me a lot. You know, his—he uh, taught me really how to organize my thoughts and really how to progress things. With Coach Wellman we saw it with Kurt Schmidt, with Coach Kurt Schmidt, it was learning how to do it and what it looked like and why it was the way that it was. Mm -hmm. And he's Coach Schmidt is one of the best strength coaches out there that probably nobody knows about and he probably wants it that way. And he's probably actually mad that I just dropped his name now. But, (laughs) you know, he is He is phenomenal at what he does and the way he's able to take the game of football and work backwards from the game of football and include, you know, certain qualities and certain movements and certain things that you're like, wow, I would have never even thought of that. But that is, you know, that's exactly what this position needs and that's exactly what that position needs. And, you know, this is exactly how we should be doing these things and how we should progress those guys. He was phenomenal at that. And, uh, I mean... After that, you know, Coach Nash teaching me how to build relationships, teaching me how to, you know, what an NFL system looks like, really taking me under his wing and really trying to mentor me and help me get to where I am. I wouldn't be where I am today without any of those coaches teaching me and mentoring me and helping me and, you know, allowing me to learn. And if there's any coach out there that I forgot and you feel like you had an instrumental part in, you know, my learning and my growth and my development as a strength coach. And I forgot to mention you, you definitely did. And I apologize about that. And, you know, one thing, obviously everybody's got to have some sort of an ego to get to the top and to be at the top because naturally that's it. But, you know, I'm always going to remain humble and always going to remain thankful for the people that I've come across, you know, even you, Gio, you helped me out a ton. You know, we always, we're always bouncing ideas off of each other and, you know, your knowledge of speed and, you know, your ACL return to play. And if any of you guys out there have questions on, you know, return to play with ACLs, Gio's done that like 54 times with different athletes and things like that. He's great with his data collection. Check this out, Ron. You know, I never had look. a re-tear. Knock on wood. Never. Knock on wood. You hear that? shameless plug for him right now but if you guys have any questions you need to be reaching out to him as far as stuff like that because I do it all the time I'm constantly picking his brain and learning because I'm not the smartest guy in the world and I don't claim to know everything but you know I'm gonna work I'm gonna learn I'm gonna get better I'm gonna grow and I think that's what a lot of these people see and a lot of these people why they're willing to take chances. on me. And a lot of these people, they didn't know me from a can of paint. It's not like I'm getting these jobs off of, you know, i worked with him in the past and he saw me now he's a head coach and he wants to bring me in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a lot of like, you know, them taking their, somebody else's word, like, okay, yeah, he was, he was good. So I'd like to thank all of those coaches for taking a chance on me and uh, allowing me to, prove them right not only where they're at where I was at I should say at, but where I've gone since then and you know it it's something I'll never forget and it's something that will always you know be be true to my heart and you know it's, it'll be a reason that you know I am who I am as a boss and you know making sure that my assistants are taken care of and I'm sorry I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent but, That's fine. Man. you know for those of you out there who don't know me I'd like you guys to understand you know who i am you know and just making sure that my assistants and my intern because even as an intern for the most part i was taken care of you know and just making sure you treat people the right way and you know if it's always about the people we are in a people business straight up so it's about the people so if you make sure that the people around you are taken care of then they'll be loyal to you for the most part and you can go from there and Again, to all those people that I named, I I thank you and I appreciate you and I hope that, uh, you know, I'm continuing to make all of you guys proud and, you know, on that note, my parents and my family too and my support system, my girlfriend, everybody. Thank you all.
0: Yeah, man, you're fucking balling, bro. You know so many people. You plugged me in with a lot of people too, bro. I never forget that shit, man.
1: Hey, man, that's we're all a part of the same network, you know? And if I can help introduce people and it's a win-win situation for both parties, why not, why not be able to help?
0: Hey, um, but Rob, real quick, man, um, I appreciate you coming on, man, um, you know, cause networking, I feel like I've always struggled in my career until we met and you were like, hey, look, this, this is kind of how I do things. And the way you do things, I've adopted and adapted to, and you know, have been working for me. So, um, I hope everyone listening can, uh, you know, really fine-tune the way they uh, they network, you know, take away some shit that you said and uh, put it to good use, you know. One last thing I want to talk about. Uh, you did a phenomenal job the other day talking about um, return to training post-coronavirus where we get these uh, athletes or kids, uh, whoever you're coaching, back into... I guess football camp or pre-football camp. Talk a little bit about that presentation.
1: No doubt. Um, so yeah. So the presentation that I gave was basically to high school coaches, high school football coaches specifically. On you could call it the return to play process. I just said basically how to how to recondition your athletes. You know, provide them with some general guidelines and some. Uh, some general some general points, considerations on how to recondition our athletes once they get back. Just because, you know, a lot of those high school football coaches, they're hired and they take those jobs because they want to be football coaches, not because they want to be strength and conditioning coaches. Now, you know, there's a million ways to skin a cat and different coaches out there have different beliefs and are going to do different things. But this is just these were just some of the things that I've seen in my time that I believed have worked and, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing right by these guys in order to make sure one, that they're safe when they get back, that they're not hurt, that we're kind of, you know, we're in, we are adhering to the guidelines that have been thrown in place and that, you know, we can have a healthy and successful season. And I mean, the, the, the general principle, the general overlying theme of the entire thing was that you need a certain level of uh, of GPP, general physical preparedness, general physical preparation, as some people call it. And you have to lay the foundation before you build the house. So you're going to get a lot of football coaches out there, our sport coaches. You know how this goes, man. A lot of football coaches out there, when they come back, they're like, oh, man, we missed all this time on football. We need to make up for lost time, right? And we need to do more football, more football, cram as much in as we can to get them ready for the season. But you're missing you know the foundation like we talked about you need to give your strength and conditioning coaches time to be able to prepare these guys and to be able to make sure that they're ready so football is obviously specific it's as it's as specific as it gets you know because you're training and doing the specific movements that mimic what you're going to do in practice and in the games, right? But in order to get to that point, you need to make sure that your body is prepared and has a general level of fitness in order to complete those movements. Now, with that general level of fitness, you know, that comes with, excuse me, you know, proper levels of strength appropriate levels of conditioning of mobility flexibility you know you want to make sure that you've taken a holistic approach you know and all of this is covered in my presentation if anybody out there wants to see the presentation just reach out to me you can find me on any social media you know uh I'll gladly give it to you. The video recording is done. If you don't want the video recording that I have, I can just give you the actual presentation and you can have that. You know, we want to do things where, you know, we're increasing their work capacity, which is the rate or intensity that at which somebody can do work for a specific period of time. You know, you want to make sure that you're touching the right energy systems. You want to make sure that You know, you're assessing their movement before you put them back under load and back under stretch. You want to make sure that, you know, you've assessed and corrected those movements that have any sort of asymmetries, deficiencies and balances. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to compound that with load and it's just that's going to equal injury you know making sure that you take an individualized approach these are things that if you're a strength and conditioning coach listen to this, this is probably stuff that you already know about and that you probably already do you know it's I wasn't presenting anything that's brand new out there this was just a presentation to again a bunch of coaches who signed up to coach football just strength and conditioning has to be a part of it so I was trying to provide them the you know the guidelines and you know the scientific methods that they could use some scientific methods that they could use to go about reconditioning their athletes and hopefully those who watched and listened and learned took some learned and took something away from it and are able to you know have better seasons because their athletes are healthier because they've made, you know, the educated choices and decisions on the front end about progressing their athletes and making sure that they're getting the appropriate levels of general training and not going straight back into, you know, specific preparation.
0: I hear that, man. I was there, man. That was a great presentation. I took some notes away from it, so I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, Rod, you know, we'll get your email on the uh, on the show notes so if people want to reach out to you, they can, man. One last thing before I let you go, man. If you weren't a strength coach, what would you be doing? Or if you were to have another job,
1: what job would that be? What job would that be? So like I said, I always wanted to go to physical therapy school, either being a physical therapist, but the other two jobs that I've always said, like when people are like, if you weren't doing this, what would you do? There are two things I'd be doing. I'd be a masseuse and I'd be a chef. I can see you being a chef, dog. No, nah, man, I'd be eating the crap out of all of my food. I'd be 400 <laughs> pounds, dog. Tell me, I'd be eating every, I'd be cooking and eating all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, I, I enjoy eating. I'm not going to lie to you. you know what I'm saying I'm not 10% body fat, but yeah, I enjoy eating. I do enjoy cooking. Uh, and again, I guess my just love for, you know, a, the human body and anatomy and what makes it move and what makes it go. And, you know, trying to stay in shape, you know, so either that or a physical therapist. If it wasn't a masseuse, I'd try to be a physical therapist. I'd go back to school and I wouldn't mind doing that.
0: Well, given given that if you'd never studied what you studied in college and like you're the same Rodney Hill personality whatnot, Mm -hmm. you know, what else would you have studied? I wouldn't mind, I would not have minded going to school
1: for, you know, like accounting or finance. And one, I'd be able to do my own taxes. Two, you know, you learn a whole bunch of stuff that you don't really that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. Obviously, and you know, you can manage your own money a little better. I feel like that's an that's an education piece that you know maybe you want to touch on here in this. Like if you get somebody on to teach strength coaches how to manage their finances, but you know,
0: I will. And it's funny you say that because I'm actually getting my my personal wealth manager guy on here, Pat Whalen, great fucking guy, great guy,
1: and that's. Like, I'd love to be able to learn how to invest on some, like, on some Wolf of Wall Street type stuff, you know what I'm saying? And just have a bunch of different assets, a bunch of different capital and make that grow and be able to leave something for your children and create that, you know, that generational wealth, you know, because that's what it's about. Leaving it better than you found it and leaving your family with things so they don't have to worry. Not that I have a like a family of kids and things like that, but just making sure that they don't have to worry when you're gone and they've been set up and they understand that they need to do the same thing for those that come after them.
0: I'll tell you what, you know what I'd be doing, dog? What's that? I'd probably be out there, like, studying animal behavior and shit, dude. Cause I'd be watching Nat Geo Discovery Channel. And I'm not gonna lie, at nighttime, I'd be in the bed watching YouTube videos of, like, you know, bear attacks on human or lion attacks on human shit. And my wife thinks I'm fucking crazy. But I don't know, bro. I just find the animals, yeah, man, fucking interesting, man. It doesn't,
1: I knew what you were gonna say was gonna be <laughs> something completely <laughs> random. Something, I, I didn't expect <laughs> that, but I knew it was gonna be somewhere. I'd be like,
0: man, either that or I'd be a fucking fugitive running from the feds, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching that show with the, uh, not First 48, there's another one. Almost Got Away with It, that's what it's called. And I remember watching it with my wife once. I'm like, these fucking people are idiots, man. Like, it, it. I don't think it's that tough being a fugitive, but that's another conversation, but. Um, I don't know probably is hard as shit when you got the feds in your ass and no money in your pocket
1: it's the same thing we'd be looking at shows and crime shows like man if you really wanted to kill him and get away with it all you had to do was this that and the third and you would have gotten rid of it and they never would have
0: known it was you yeah right damn (laughs) man But Rod, man, I appreciate you coming on, big dog, man. What's the best email? I'm going to write it in the show notes, but what's the best email uh, people can reach out to you? The inaugural playboy at gmail.com.
1: No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> my email address is my first name, Rodney.Hill, my last name, ninety one at gmail.com. So Rodney.Hill.91 at gmail.com.
0: All right, big dog. And again, man, I appreciate the education, appreciate the big insight on, you know, networking and your background and, you know, especially how you got to where you're at. Because there's a lot of people that really want to get there to that next level. And, you know, for you to do it at a young age is, you know, very inspiring. And, uh, you know, it's a great thing for you.
1: If I can throw it out there one more time, like networking is great. You got to be able to network, but you better work your ass off and you better be knowledgeable. Don't stop working. Don't stop learning. Don't stop growing because you can do what got you there, but what got you there won't keep you there.